As you may not have heard, folks, the Eagles are flying. And with that being said, I had to break down some walls. I had to, I don't know, it's for all you old school YouTubers out wrestling. I see what you did there. there. I had to, I had to. But anyway, guys, for those of you not watching on YouTube, Bobby Gross back with me on YWC Football Talk. It's been a long time. This is episode number 211. I believe the last time he was on, I was just over the 100 mark. So, Bobby, welcome back. I got to imagine you're feeling good right now. I always ask, how are you feeling? But I imagine with the hoodie and with everything going on, you're doing great. Griff, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on the YWC football talk. And uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I I was just telling you before we started, I, I was really thinking, man, <laughs> I am not getting on the show this year. And then, you know, my birds just do what they do best and win football games. And uh, I'm here talking birds. So, so what's better than that? You know what's better than that is um, for me and my streaky, streaky gambling bets is always relying on Boston Scott against the New York Giants. So that's one thing I always go to. That's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, and and unfortunately, uh, Griff, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little worried because Boston Scott is a free agent this year. So uh, it could be something where the Giants are in cahoots with FanDuel. They're like, listen, just please sign this guy just so we don't have to pay out these bets anymore where uh, Boston Scott gets an anytime touchdown against you guys. So uh, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but it could be a conspiracy. We shall see. It could be. And then he just goes for nothing behind Saquon. Let's let's let's, let's not put oh. those, that, those bad vibes out into the universe. Um, please but don't. As any story, any, any good story starts, I want to go back to draft day from this past year. You guys go out, Howie makes a trade for A.J. Brown. In that moment, is it Super Bowl or bust? Is it like, how are you guys viewing that all the way back to April of 2022? I don't know if it's necessarily Super Bowl or bust. I mean, you could definitely say that with my uh, New York Metropolitans, where at this point, yeah, it's definitely World Series or bust. Um, You know, I think Howie was just making a logical football move. You know, Devontae Smith coming off a phenomenal rookie season, but, you know, who who's behind him? Or, you know, in this case, who would be ahead of him? And, you know, Dallas Goddard is one of the best tight ends in football. Um, he does have an injury problem. So getting a guy like A.J. Brown, who is 25 years old, who really got a bad rap in Tennessee, you know, he did, again, that's another guy who had injury problems, but the potential was there. And he's had seasons where he's carrying uh, that offense when Derrick Henry may not be, you know, 100% or on the field at all. Um, I feel like coming into this season, though, it was more like, okay, we're we're kind of in year two of getting rid of Carson Wentz, uh, getting that contract off the book. So we're kind of limited in what we can do. But Howie Roseman is not only one of the, or if not the best general manager in football, he's one of the best general managers in all of sports, especially yeah. in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in leagues where there is uh, a cap ceiling. So to make that move was kind of a, a no doubter. And then he, you know, at the end of the day, we also have a back, uh, another first round pick in our back pockets from the Saints for this year. So it's like, okay, you know, it's not that big of a deal if we trade our first because yeah. we, we have two firsts the next year. So I, I think it was just, you know what, we want to make this team better. And I think without question, A.J. Brown did make the, the Philadelphia Eagles a better football team this year. 
Yeah, and I was just going to say for you, too, you root for three different teams over three different states, and all three teams are fairly competitive right now, so that's got to be a pretty good feeling for you. Um, This is extremely rare, you know, especially, (laughs) you know, I've been through a decade of of sucking with the Devils. You know, the Mets are the Mets, although now that that might mean something different with, with Uncle Steve Cohen. And then the Eagles, I mean, you know, they, they'll win for a few years, but then it's like they go back into a funk, and then but then they come back so much stronger after that. I mean, you know, it's not – I don't think it's coincidence that in the past 20 years, the Eagles are uh, the team in the NFC who has been to the Super Bowl more often than any other team. So I think it's just from the top down, we have the organizational structure there to keep winning football games, but sometimes we do make mistakes – a la Carson Wentz uh, or a la Chip Kelly that kind of sets us back a little bit, but we always come back stronger. Yeah, because that's the one thing, too. You're right, because like if you think about it, like the early 2000s, it was the 2002, 2003, 2004 season. It was NFC Championships. Then, obviously, you guys got to the Super Bowl, and then something good happened for me, but something bad for you. And then, yeah. you, ha- then you had the run. Then 2018, obviously, look, you guys, that's where you guys, we tied up the series. So maybe down the road, there'll be a trilogy. We don't know yet, for sure. I'm just, you know what, throw, it's like manifesting, throwing good things out into the air for both of us. But, Unfortunately, um, Brady ain't going to be there, though. He'll probably be calling the game. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Him, Romo, someone else, we we don't know. God. But um the thing I wanted I just wanted to ask you about the Super Bowl or busting just because like it doesn't like to me it never seemed like that. I just wanted to get a true Eagles fan opinion on that. It seemed like you know what, hey, like you said, a move to make your team better. And then it's just as the season was going on and on and on, it was like, hey, just good result after good result. The only thing I don't like is when people say, like, you know, this team had this schedule, this team had this. It's just like what what are you supposed to do when your schedule that might not be easier is the word, but like you're when you guys were playing a second place schedule last year, this past season, excuse me, you're supposed to take advantage of your situation. So that's why I wake when everyone says like, oh, this team is fraud because of this, or oh, this team is this, or you had the Julian Love comments the other day about Nick Sirianni, and even yeah. I know Nick won the Fox NFL coach, and I know some Giants fans are really sour on it. So when I look at it, I just look at it as as hey, this is a great football team. Um, I still think the most – this is going to be crazy to say, but that defense until like the NFC Championship game was very unnoticed by a lot mm-hmm. of people in NFL circles. Like Hassan Reddick's been a baller this year. Oh Brandon Graham God, yeah. coming back because I feel like he's either hurt or he's just balling. And then that secondary, you just got some just ball hawks back there just defending the ball, getting interceptions, doing what they can in pass pro. So this team feels different because 2017 felt like a team of destiny. This feels like a team where – if you try to punch us, we're going to punch you harder. Without question. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how to feel about all these excuses. I try to, like, stay out of football Twitter, right? Like, I, oh, I believe don't me, it's really, a dark place. Oh, I, oh I, I'm Football sure. Twitter, yeah. baseball Twitter, hockey Twitter, sports Twitter in general can get very, like, very not dark in a bad sense, but dark in the sense of, like, just you go down rabbit holes that you get into arguments with people for for no reason. It's just, it's... Huh. Hundred percent, and I used to do that all the time on Twitter. You know, in my in my I guess my youth, um, <laughs> you know, I was pushing thirty. Yeah. Oh my god! Please don't say that, Griff. Uh, but like, you know, it was just kind of part of the Twitter game. Like, yeah, talking like trash yeah. about your sports teams and everything like that. That was part of it. And now I just don't even want to bother. It's not worth the energy. I'll, I'll let everybody say what they need to, but I'm not gonna, you know, uh, take the bait. You know, we, we, 
Griff, you know, there, there's a couple people that we, we both follow that clearly put out tweets to get a reaction. Yes. Um, and I don't, I don't take the bait anymore. Like I just leave it alone. And, you know, as far as, you know, all of the excuses though, like, Oh, this, the strength of schedule. Oh, you know, uh, being healthy all year is somehow like a, a bad thing. Like, the, yeah. like I can't even remember the last time that the team has stayed this healthy. Like it's just an outlier year in so many ways. Um, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't bother me because, you know, the last time that we were underestimated, the last time that we were kind of like, oh yeah, you're not as good as you think you are. Well, I'm wearing the hoodie right now. The underdogs, <laughs> Lane Johnson, and the whole team adapting to the underdog um, kind of way of playing the game. And you, you're absolutely right, though, Griff. I mean, this, this no one is talking about the fact that we had an historically uh, just record-breaking defensive line performance this year. Yeah. I mean, 70 sacks in the regular season, which was fourth all time. You know, Javon Hargrave coming over from Pittsburgh. He's been great the past couple of years. Hassan Reddick, no doubt about it. Gardner Johnson, Hassan Reddick coming over from uh, uh, Arizona, yeah. who, you know, he's been bouncing around. He's a Philly guy. He was Carolina, he's from actually. The area. He, was, he was Carolina. He was in Arizona, then he went to Carolina. Arizona, then Carolina. Got you. Um, he, he's a he's a he's from Philly. He's a Philly guy. He's having a career year. Nobody's talking about him. You know, wasn't even the discussion for defensive player of the year. You mentioned Brandon Graham, right? Coming off the torn ACL. This guy's 35 years old. He put up double-digit sacks on a snap count. Like, th- this is something that I've just never as, – as far as, like, a team being complete, I've never seen such a complete Philadelphia Eagles team. And that's why, you know, we've been hearing the past week, you know, some of the current Eagles guys that were on that team, that Super Bowl-winning team, saying, yeah, this is a better team than – uh, when we won the Super Bowl, and it's hard to debate that. You know, you, there's not – I mean, if there's one weakness on the team, it's special teams. But even that, I mean, we're going to get enforcement, reinforcements because our punter is coming back and we can finally get rid of Brett Kern, who can't <laughs> kick it more than 35 yards. So I, I really do think that this is the year, and I felt that all season long there was something about it. You know, I don't care who you are. This is the NFL. You know, it's extremely hard to consistently blow out NFL teams. Yeah. And that's exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles have done all year and going into the playoffs now. I mean, blowing out the Giants, blowing out the 49ers. This is something that I'm just, I'm kind of just in awe of. Like, I understand the circumstances last week, which is a whole can of worms that people are now bringing as an excuse as to why, you know, we're frauds or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, we're winning the games we're supposed to, and that's what counts in the NFL. Exactly. It's like with any, it's like with anything where people say, Oh, you only won because of this. When people like look at it from like, so I don't I ever specific with this where it's like I'm always a glass half full kind of person, not glass half empty. But I feel like mm-hmm. when it comes to sports takes, everyone looks for that glass half empty approach. Mm-hmm. Like I saw people do it look like I did. I, I only did it in one circumstance. And that was two weeks. That was two weeks ago in the divisional round when Buffalo lost. But obviously, look, you like to see your rivals lose. It's like mm-hmm. you guys when you guys beat the Giants. I think a lot of people drank that. I, I I'll be guilty of it too. I drank that Kool Aid a smidge against Minnesota, where I'm like, okay, this team could do something. But at the end right. of the day, we, we kind of went out there and we saw, okay, who the better team really was. 
And then I just feel like with even the Nick Sirianni thing too, how it was that, you know, at first when he was hired, no one knew what to think. I don't think Philly fans were exactly positive or glowing about it. Like where it was this thing where it was like, oh, okay, let's see what happens. Cause you guys had the sourness exit with Doug Peterson, especially the last right. game of 2020, right. but it's turned around. Nick's been great. But even too, when people were saying he's in the coach of the year conversation, it's like, look, I know the Eagles, the Eagles had not high expectations, but they had division winning expectations. And considering we didn't know what the Giants were going to be, we didn't know, we we figured Dallas was going to be what they were. The fact that you guys came in, and even I remember the Sunday night football game against the Cowboys in Philly, you guys mm-hmm. ran them out. Uh, the game in New York when both teams were healthy and not resting people, you guys blew them out. So it was just one of those things where you kind of came, basically it's like the Stone Cold Steve Austin <clears> saying from back in the day. Arrive, raise hell, leave. That's the Eagles this year, where five years ago, I feel like it was this team of destiny, stuff like the Philly special. Um, we're not going to get into the Zach Ertz touchdown because I'll get angry. But um, <laughs> you know what? That's actually the one Super Bowl where I can't hold any – I can't I, – I don't hold I, – like, look, it stings, but it doesn't hold as much saltiness as the David Tyree catch or the right. Mario Manningham ones just because that was the same opponent. You guys right. was like, okay, cool, and also because – Let's face it, tomorrow's the six-year anniversary of 28-3. to It was also a hell of a game, Griff. I mean, 41-33. to Brady threw 500 yards. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, it's different. Like, with the Giants' losses, it's like, okay, there was a couple plays that literally turned the game around. Samuel not learning how to catch a ball. (laughs) That that also. uh, But, Griff, you you made a great point. I mean, listen, at the bottom, at at the end of the day, right, Nick Sirianni, let's just – break him down. Nick Sirianni, second year coach, right? Yes. When this guy was hired, nobody was excited. You you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we had to move on from Doug Peterson. It we, there was no ill will. I don't think any Eagles fan like once he, you know, um left the organization said, you know, fuck Doug Peterson anything like that. We're all thrilled for Doug Peterson that he's uh, thriving in Jacksonville right now. Yeah. If anything, you know, and I I'm not trying I guess you can call me biased for this, but I don't think it's Sirianni that's coach of the year. I think it's Doug Peterson. Um, what what he did to turn around that team after the debacle of yeah. Urban Meyer last year. I mean, you cannot deny what he did. Um, so, and Sirianni, I, I think he's just aware. I, I don't know. I feel like he's just being penalized because, you know, he's not the offensive uh, play caller. You know, he is legitimately the head coach. He yeah. has his coordinators. He has his assistant coaches. Um, I, I don't see why that would be like, why you would just say, you know, oh, he was given this team, you know, he doesn't do anything for the team. It's like, this is how, you know, as a second year coach, this is what you need to do. You need to learn and give, you know, some uh, responsibility to your coaches that surround you. And, and to be honest with you, like, it's a, it's a phenomenal idea because the Eagles have an incredible uh, lineup of assistant coaches. I mean, you, you can just see, uh, both our offensive and defensive coordinators have interviewed for head coaching positions this season already. Um, you know, our quarterbacks coach, who you want to talk about a guy who's probably up and coming in the NFL, like this guy has turned Jalen Hurts around big time, a complete 180 from last year. I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts had just under Press Taylor and, you know, all of those uh, stooges that we had last year who just did not get the job done. Um, he, Brian Johnson has just, he, he has improved Jalen Hurts a thousand percent. 
And we were even scared that he was going to go somewhere else to become an offensive coordinator already. So I think he's going to be a guy to watch out for over the next couple of years, getting an offensive coordinator position, maybe getting a head coaching position. And then our offensive and defensive coordinators, I mean, they have a couple of issues, like Jonathan Gannon especially gets really ragged on by the fan base, but results matter. And, you know, and the funny thing is, like, a lot of the team this year was here last year. We The the biggest move that we made was A.J. Brown on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it was bringing in C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, signing James Bradbury, who over the past couple of seasons, you know, with Joe Judge, he just took a real big step back. It was a one-year contract, a prove-it deal, and he has proved it this year. So it's not like we added, you know, we're not the Rams. We didn't trade all of our picks for these star players. No. We built we built strategically, and at the end of the day, you have to still fit into the system and do what you need to do, and that's what uh, everybody's been doing this year. So the whole, like – you know, Sirianni thing, you know, that's all on Howie Roseman. I don't buy it. Like you can't, if you put Jeff Fisher as the Eagles uh, coach this year, yeah. I guarantee you, he, he ain't bringing us to the Super Bowl. So this whole thing about you could have any coach uh, with the Eagles and have them be where they are today is just not true. I, I also think too, it's just the whole thing of team chemistry. Everyone kind of seems like they're all for each other. It seems like, look, everyone's just clicking. It's one of those like, friendly brotherhood things like that I've got to experience for years with New England where it's just there's there's not a lot you like you said you keep your picks you develop your young guys like for example look at a guy like Landon Dickerson who is highly coveted coming out of Alabama come in effectively he's pushed Andre Dillard probably off of the team for next year effectively Mm -hmm. he's probably gonna go somewhere else um but yeah it's like little Mm -hmm. things like that like guys like Lane Johnson Jason Kelsey like who we don't know who are gonna what their future holds just because they've been in the league for a very long time, even though it's only 12 mm. years, it's still, that's a long time for the NFL, especially at a lineman position, Brandon Graham, like oh, you said, 35 years old. So for a lot of these guys to not only bring us a, a championship to Philly, let alone a second championship, I think would mean a lot, but I want to ask you something personally, because I also remember like how I was saying when I thought of people to talk to about this situation with the Eagles and everything involved, will next Sunday in Arizona, if you guys win, do you think it will still be as special as the one you won five years ago in Minnesota? Or do you think it will still feel like it'll have a different feeling, but you're still going to be on that top of the world? Just <clears throat> like overall, holy crap, we did it. Um, I mean, that's hard to say, Griff. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I feel like any Super Bowl win is special, yes. right? I'm not, I'm not one to, you know, I don't have, you know, so many successful sports teams that I, I'm winning uh, some kind of championship every year. So, you know, it's it's been almost 40 years with the Mets, the Devils, it's been 20. So it's not like I'm just like overloaded with all of these uh, these uh, league uh, championships here. So for me personally, I I'm, I'm I would love a Super Bowl win. Yeah. Um you know, I think it would maybe I feel different if we win this one and next year we go back to the Super Bowl again when we win that one. I'm not saying that's happening, no. <laughs> but that that would be a different different kind of thing. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens uh, next Sunday. If I don't know how I'm going to react, I think you know in in 2017 like that was just kind of that that was my first Super Bowl, right? So I never experienced that before. 
Um, but, you know, these last few years have been tough. You know, it, it's not – and I'm not saying, you know, we're, we're – this fan base has been punished, you know, where we're, you know, we, we deserve a Super Bowl win after all these years of misery. I'm not saying that at all, but, you know, it's definitely, I don't think any of us expected us to get to the Super Bowl this fast from where we were a couple of years ago. So it's going to be satisfying in that sense. Um, but to be honest with you, Griff, I, I'm just going to be happy with a win. Like I, I'm not going to compare it to 2017, um, that's, that's not going to be anywhere in my mind. I'm solely focused on this game and winning this whole damn thing. Look, I only ask those questions cause I have to ask the hard hitting questions when it comes to stuff like this. I've gotten better. Like I said, we're in the two hundreds no now. Doubt. So as we get better, but, um, no, I like how you said that, how it's like, look, how you had certain sports teams starved. Look, we're not <clears throat> like, even me, I know I've had to experience a little bit. Like I got a taste of an NBA championship to a lesser extent, MLS success, but with football, obviously, I've been spoiled a little bit to where I've gotten to experience six in the last 25 years. So that's something I don't take right. for granted, even though because because of where we are now, even though for all the people out there who always question me, will you still be a fan? Guess what? I still am. But with the Eagles, though, I as soon as you were talking about the, oh, we went through so much, we went through this. But there has been some heartbreak, though, because I look at it how the 2020 season wasn't what you wanted. Uh, t- last year, look, it was just a young team. I think it was just Tampa was the better team, kind of like the game where it was like you guys against New York this year. And then 20, I always remember 2019 because that was the game. You guys in the Saints, divisional round, Alshon Jeffrey, literally ball right through the hands. I think it was Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. It, I think it was Lattimore who got the pick. And then from there, we don't know what, because if you guys play the Rams, we don't know what happens and potentially not right. a Super Bowl rematch. So it's one of those things, you know, where it's like, hey, this team had a couple down years. This team had some playoff blunders to where, hey, it can feel good. But I really like your answer, how it's like, hey, it's going to feel great. It's going to feel like this. But before we think about that or we reach that point, I want to ask you, look, Kansas City is not like any other team you face in the playoffs. What does this team ultimately have to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Because when I look at the position matchups, I give you guys every position except for quarterback and tight end. I only say that because, look, we, we're assuming Mahomes is going to win MVP. And Travis Kelsey, yeah. look, he's not Gronkowski. That's not a rabbit hole I'm going to go down. But he's probably the he best tight be end. better. I'm, like we said, we're not going down that rabbit hole right now. He's – I'll call him better than Goddard. So I want to ask yeah. you, what does ha- what what has to happen in this game for you guys to win? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, like, look – Obviously, I'm here to pump your tires, make you feel good. But at the same time, too, there still is a football game to be played. So I just want to ask you, person to person, man to man, for an extended period of time, too, it was podcaster to podcaster, because I know you and your movie one out there. But right. I wanted to ask you, rest, what rest does what, 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 yes, rest in peace to a good one. But what do the Eagles have to do next Sunday in Arizona to win this game? You know, that uh, that's a great question. That How I would respond to it, though, and maybe this is just kind of, um, now I'm getting like into into a little bit of arrogance here. It's like I would flip that around and say, what would the Chiefs do to mm. beat us? Because at the end of the day, here's how I see it, right? I feel like the Eagles only lost one game this year. Like that we lost three, but two of them we didn't have Jalen Hurts, right? We lost a Washington game, a division game, a tough game that came down to the wire. We've lost one game this year. Jalen Hurts, as our starting quarterback, has lost one game, right? Yeah. So, I think 
all we have to do is play how we've played all year, right? We have Jalen do his thing. We run the ball. Sanders, Scott, Gainwell. We do everything we've been doing on offense. And defensively, I mean, I don't know how you stop this defensive line. I just don't. Like, it just – they are ferocious. I've never seen a defensive line – or, you know, as a matter of fact, I mean, the, the defense as a, as a whole has – it's one of our best defenses in team history, and that's going back to you know our our fantastic um, late great Jim Johnson, who really during those years that he was our defensive coordinator, he had us playing defense like nobody's business every single year. So, but well, you bring up a great point, Griff, and I was thinking about this uh, the other day too. It's like trying to go down every position, matching them up, seeing where we have the disadvantage and. I came to the same conclusion. I mean, it's really just quarterback and tight end, you know, and I think we just do what we did all season. And especially last week, we get to the quarterback. We know Mahomes isn't going to be a hundred percent. And if we're constantly getting the guy, hitting him, getting him on his ass, you know, and that's, that's a tough um, task to take on because, you know, he, he's a mobile quarterback, too. He, he's he's very similar to Jalen Hurts. He has no problem scrambling around doing a bunch of magic tricks back there. He's not necessarily staying in the pocket all game long. But, you know, we just – if we get to, to Mahomes, this is a whole new ball game. And I don't see any reason why we, we can't. We've been doing it all year. So more more so it's about how is Mahomes going to react to that. I think this is going to be the best pass rush he's seen all year. And, you know, it's not like besides Kelsey, I mean, who I, – I, I'm not trying to, like, say that Juju Smith-Schuster is nobody, but he's been very streaky this year. You know, that really his number two pass catcher is uh, Isaiah Pacheco coming out of the backfield. Yeah. So I think if we just continue to give pressure to Mahomes, he's going to make mistakes, and he's made mistakes this year. I mean – especially towards the early part of the season, he was he was turning the ball over quite a bit. So if we get him back to that Mahomes and, you know, we knock him around and kind of mess with that ankle and then the knee and just his, his lower body, that that that's a game changer. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to say that this is going to happen, but it could go the way of our other playoff games. If we really rattle Mahomes and we get him hurt, um, this could get ugly. Just watch the film from the Tampa Tampa Super Bowl two years ago, and the same thing. One other factor I have for this game, and I say this, and I, I like it's a thing you say, like willing to die on this hill. I still think that the reason they won was because Chris Jones did the things that he did. And when I look at a guy like Chris Jones in this game, I'm like, okay, who's he going to bully on the offensive line? Because this offensive line is not one to be bully. <clears throat> this is an offensive line, like we were talking about earlier. They're dogs. They're, they just plant. They just plant their feet Listen, in the ground, and no one's pushing them back. What What did Nick Bosa do last week? You know, with Lane Johnson retearing his groin, yeah. he's going up against Lane Johnson and didn't get one pressure last week. I mean, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Like the, this offensive line every year is is just top notch. That and that is all on Jeff Stoutland. He is the best. Uh, assistant coach in football. I mean, every year, like you mentioned before, Landon Dickerson, we have yep. so these guys like Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, 
if they were to, and I, I hope this doesn't happen, but if they were both to retire this offseason, you know, we have Cam Jurgens ready in the wings. You know Jeff Stoutland has been coaching him up all year, kind of like as a red, as a yep. redshirt uh, center. You know, Jason Kelsey specifically wanted this guy to be his replacement once he retires. So I'm not I'm not I I respect Chris Jones. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. think he is He's one a of the best. He is one of the best pass rushers in the league right now. But again, it's kind of like the same thing as the, the defensive line. This is an offensive line that Kansas City hasn't seen all year. So I, I think if we isolate Chris Jones, as we've done with uh, Nick Bosa last week, uh, Micah Parsons this year did absolutely nothing against us because we knew how to scheme to isolate him. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have they're going to have uh, their hands full. Go ahead, Griff. I think of immediately too. What happened to Dexter Lawrence in the divisional game? He got put on his ass, and that's something that not a lot of people have done this year, if any. He's had a, Dexter Lawrence had a great year for the New York Giants, but I just remember there was a one run. I think Jason Kelsey literally got to him, planted him, basically made, sat him down, and then Miles Sanders. Because like whenever people wonder, oh, Miles Sanders is a great running back. That's why I love this. Because like I play, like look, I like yeah, I was a high school football player, but I played line, and as linemen, you know the way the running backs work. They got to get those holes to get space. Why was he able to – Miles Sanders able to run so well last Sunday? Because his offensive lineman said, okay, boom, we're going to push. We're going to get this guy. We're going to move him to the left. You cut a hole, go to the right. That's football 101. So when you see stuff like that, I think this is a defensive line. That, you know what? This offensive line, I'm not going to say can push around, but can have their way with in a way. But then you also have to worry about guys like, you know, George Karloftis, who's been pretty good this year, Willie Gay. So there are some uh, – Nick Bolden. So there are some other factors on the Kansas City defense. Mm -hmm. But I'm more – when I think about this game, when it comes to which defensive line, offensive line am I more worried about, it's the Kansas City offensive line just because, look, we've seen them have their moments. We've seen Patrick – like rattled and startled a little bit throughout the season, but you haven't seen a whole lot of that with Jalen Hurts. So I think if the Kansas City Chiefs are to win, it's because you get to Jalen Hurts. It's like any quarterback. You get to them, right. you rupture their confidence. But then at the same time, too, when you say, oh, yeah, you can throw a blitz out there, you can't necessarily do that because these guys are going to recognize a blitz and they're going to get out, they're going to roll out, and they're going to make magic happen. So either way you That's look fair. at it, it's I'm in for one hell of a football game next week. And I am uh, – look, fun fact too, actually, by the way, do you know this will be Andy Reid's first Super Bowl not coached in the state of Florida? I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at you. Jacksonville. You the facts. When you, you and I when, – when it was our teams, when you and I were little chaps, which I know I said the thing earlier about us pushing 30, but apart from us pushing 30, we're also two men that are engaged. So there's that. So look at, look at us Thank now. You. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Congratulations, Griff. Congratulations. But um, so that happened when we were 11 and then the Miami Super Bowl, he won with KC and then the Tampa Super Bowl and then with Phoenix. But I'm also going to give something right now that I'm going to love and hate. But I know everyone's on this whole. Oh, the Super Bowl's rigged for Kansas City. It's in State Farm Stadium. Patrick sponsored by State Farm. You know, in that stadium, the last team to win the Super Bowl was in the AFC East. The team before that to win the Super Bowl in that stadium was from the NFC East. This year, there's a team from the NFC East playing in that Super Bowl. I'm not for one for weird things, but you know what? In stuff like this, you got to kind of put the lines together and think about it where you're like, hmm. And also, too, it's like I said, for Kansas City was my pick in the preseason just because, you know, everyone was doing the whole, oh, like, 
what's Kansas City going to be? They don't have Tyreek Hill, blah, 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 where I was like, guys, it's 15. He'll be fine. And we learned that. But with the Eagles, though, it's like 2017 in a way, but it's not. And I say that because with 2017, it was just, like you said, underdog story. No one believes in us. This team feels like, you know what, it's just there's something to it that you can't explain. And sometimes that makes for a great story. That, that's, that's a great point, Griff. Uh, I felt like 2017 was more about destiny. It was yes. our destiny to win the Super Bowl. This year, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like, hey, we're the best team in football. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, I don't – you know, we've already touched on all the excuses that people are making. But at the end of the day, we are the best team in football. And, you know, I, I, I feel like there's just – there's something in the air. This is the most, like I said before, the most well-rounded team. And I just, I'm not, I, I should be nervous for the game, Griff. Yeah. I'm not. I haven't been nervous all year long. I, I wasn't nervous for the Giants game. wasn't nervous for the 49ers game. I'm not nervous about this, this Super Bowl, uh, to be honest. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, high and mighty and everything like that. It's just I'm so at peace with what this team has done this year. Um you know, and I'm not saying that we're absolutely going to win, but even if we don't, which I'm not putting that into the universe, but let's say we don't. Cautious optimism. Yeah, I, I would say so. If if we don't, like, it's it's okay. Like, I, Kansas City is clearly the best team out of the AFC. You know, clearly the second best team in football. It's one know, versus the, one. Exactly. It's the both number one seeds. So, you know, it's hard to be mad if we're if we lose this game, you know, for the reason that listen, compared to where we were last year, it's hard for any of us to be jaded about the fact that, you know, we we were even in the situation to begin with. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, we've got on the opposite side, we've got Andy Reid, who gave us so much success um to our franchise for however many years. And, you know, we also have Travis Kelsey, who, you know, I feel like is a, a, a Philadelphia Eagle in spirit, too. Like, it, with, with him and his brother. like Donna Kelsey's going to take a W next Sunday no matter what. A hundred percent. Like, Jay, uh, Travis Kelsey is legitimately, like, my favorite player that's not on the Eagles. Like, he, he's just so much fun to watch. He has a great personality. He he is, like, like a Philly guy without being in Philly. So, yeah. I, I love I love everything about him. So I'm not – I'm just, like, very mellow right now, Griff. And, you know, we're recording this uh, on a Saturday. Eight days two away. Saturdays. So it's, like, I'm, I'm – it's not as close to the game, but I'm I'm just mellow for now. Like, that can completely change on, on game day, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah, that, that's why I also wanted to get this interview done now. So, you know what, it's like, hey, it's before the chaos of the game, the week of the game, because, look – you're, I don't know when the Eagles are having a rally, but I assume they're probably taking off for Arizona. I'd assume probably tomorrow, because that's what I know. Maybe from yeah, the Patriots, sounds about right. From when the Patriots would always go to the Super Bowl, um, it would always be Sunday, and then Monday's like the big media night, and then Tuesday there's other stuff, and then they just get into practices and other stuff, and they eat because there's so many distractions to go along with Super Bowl week. But the right. way that everything you're saying and everything you're sounding like, I agree with in the sense of look. You've accepted everything that's gone on. You've accepted the fact that, hey, you're confident in your team, but at the same time, too, you know that, hey, anything can happen. 
I say this all the time with football, any given Sunday, but at the same time too, there's something to this Eagles team that's that, that's just special. So that's good. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll hope for the best for you guys. But before we wrap up, I have a couple more quick questions to you, but not to do with football. Please, please, uh, first, Griff, I'm here for you, man. The what first you one, ask me. The first one, the Mets. Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, with them this year. Obviously, you're saying World Series or bust. And my take is, look, I'd rather see you guys succeed than the Yankees. I know the Jays, too, were in that playoff conversation, but I don't think we're World Series ready just yet. Mm -hmm. But when I look at you guys, I'm like, I want to see you succeed just mainly because I don't want to see them succeed for all the obvious reasons. But with it this year, do you expect a Mets team that's going to go out and just hit and hit and hit? Or is it going to be the pitching is just going to wear the other team down to where they just have to, you know, there's going to be those like, like 3-1, 4-1 kind of games night in and night out at City Field? <clears throat> well, the funny thing is, and I feel like a lot of um, Mets fans especially, because there, there's no bigger critic of the Mets than Mets fans. Shout out to um, Seven That, just Mets Twitter. Mets Twitter I engage with. I love, like, if you're a Mets fan, like, it's 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 hard, like, it's, it's a love-hate relationship with Mets Twitter. Like, it, you know, when we're winning, there's always going to be a contingent that is always like, oh, the, this guy's going to be falling in a couple months. We're not going to hold on to it, which 100%, like, it's kind of the opposite of the Eagles. Mets Pessimism, but optimism. 100%. Like, we, we, we've just been so beaten down over the years that um, it's kind it's kind of just, like, always an imposter syndrome with us. Um, but at the end of the day, like last year, we had one of the best lineups in baseball, like statistically speaking. So, and we brought back most of those guys. Uh, the problem I, we're, I'm a little nervous about is first of all, our D- uh, DH position is still, cause now there's reports out, like we're not going to use any of our young guys in the DH spot. They, the, the management wants them to learn positions. Um, which is going to bump somebody down to AAA, either that's Brett Beatty, that's Francisco Alvarez. Um, I don't know how they're uh, how defensively they've improved in the offseason to warrant you know a spot on the roster. But when you look at the the pitching side of things, yep. I feel like we upgraded. To be honest with you, I mean we only got a handful of starts out of Degrom last year, and you know as much as I love Degrom. Uh, he was not listen i would have been fine with a, like a three-year contract but what he got from texas is just outrageous i would never do that contract in a million years yeah and this is coming from a guy who i really don't care about money i don't care about contract length you know it's not my money what do i care but yeah. there's no salary cap in baseball but i just Degrom kind of left it on wrong terms as well i think there was a lot more to that but you bring in Justin Verlander, the reigning Cy Young winner. You bring in uh, Kodai Senga, who seems like he is uh, going to be a superstar pitcher. You know, we've we've done a lot uh, to get I mean, most of the rotation left in the offseason. So um, we, we found these guys uh, that should be similar, if not better, than our rotation last year. And we've completely also rebuilt the bullpen. And um, – bringing back Edwin Diaz, bringing back Adam Adovino, but then also bringing in, you know, other free agents that, you know, I'm not like, I'm, I'm trying to like battle all of like 
the Mets Twitter thoughts in my head because I want, I want to, I want to like, you know, like just regurgitate all their, uh, at the end of the day, grip, I'm, I'm confident about the Mets. Yeah. This is 100% without a doubt world series or bust, at least to get to it. Like, I just want to see us make it again. Right. I'm not saying that we have to win it this year, but I, I need, we won over a hundred games last year. It was just that the Braves went on a historic run. There's nothing you could do about that. Um, but this is the year that you have to make some kind of improvement uh, going forward in the playoffs. So this year, yes, World Series are bust. And uh, I think we're in a good space to do it. Plus, who knows what we can do at the trade deadline. You know, uh, Corbin Burns might be available. Those Milwaukee pitchers could be available. Um, you know, there's always bats available at the deadline. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And then also, too, um, the other thing as well with Mets fans that I like is that if you guys get off to a bad start, it's not the earth is falling in all of a sudden. Oh, my God, everything's going to shambles. Um, I, I definitely say that. hear that from Mets Twitter, by the way. You will absolutely say, like, oh, we, we uh, you know, uh, we, we, we fumbled the, the offseason. Oh, why did we let DeGrom, especially if DeGrom does well in Texas. Oh, why did we let DeGrom go? Why didn't we improve the uh, the lineup? Oh, we should have signed Carlos Correa. You're you're gonna hear all that if we have like a bad April. Uh, so, but that's just Mets Twitter, man. I, I it's a love hate relationship. I'm just saying that because I know Yankee fans have a habit of like if Garrett Cole gives up like a first inning bomb, it's oh, gonna be yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh my god, the game's over. What are we doing? Where I'm like, guys, chill the fuck out. Um, but I don't yeah. I don't engage in that side of Twitter. Um, <laughs> but then when I flip gears for you guys though, that's how I look at it because your division's gonna be pretty solid this year. I don't know Philly. I'm still want to wait and see, especially because of the Harper injury, Atlanta. Right. Atlanta's going to be Atlanta. Michael Harris is a player I really like, apart from the mm-hmm. other stuff that they got. And then there's you guys. You guys are that team where it's just, look, we have everything. Now we have to go show the world what we're capable of. As for DeGrom, uh, look, I hope for nothing but the worst for the Rangers because ever since 15 and 16, that's it's. I'll be honest with you. I don't necessarily hate the team, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I hate the team because of the fan base. Feel the same way. But with yep. the Texas Rangers, because of our two playoff series, I just like them in Kansas City. It's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, I can't root for them, won't root for them, none of that stuff. Like even the Red Sox, like I don't even have a – I know I have Boston sports blood in my body because of the Patriots, but the Red Sox even, I don't hate the Red Sox at all. Like they've never – they haven't right. done anything to me, so that's that. But moving off to baseball for a second, I want to ask you a question. And now obviously this is a question that we're speaking long-term into the future. Give it to me, Griff. Your hoodie, your team, the Eagles. Mm -hmm. There is a certain event happening next April at their stadium. Mm -hmm. If you were to give it an odds right now, between 1% to 10 or 1% to 100%, what are the odds that we see Bobby Gross return for a WWE event, especially WrestleMania 40 at Lincoln Financial Field April 2024? Uh, That will be a resounding 0%, Griff. Uh, I made I made the mistake, and for a number of reasons, it was a mistake. But one of the reasons that it was a, a mistake to go to 29 at MetLife was it was fucking cold. All right, <laughs> I am not I am not doing that to myself again. Uh, it just April. I mean, it, it's the seasons are all fucked up now. Yeah, like you know, it's cold in April, but then it's hot in November. Like it, so it's, it's realistically speaking, April should be, you know, sixties kind of a, maybe a chance of rain. It also rained, uh, WrestleMania 29 too. Um, I just, I'm, I'm over, I'm over 
I'm over WWE, man. I just I have no I have no interest. Um, it's just not it's not my cup of tea. You know, I don't approve of what they have in place. Uh, how they're um, I'm just gonna have. I, I don't like that Vince is back. It just like you know, it's it's just so scummy, and I don't want anything to do with that. The whole Saudi Arabia stuff. Um, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. It it is what it is. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun WrestleMania, uh, especially if you get a lot of Philly regulars in that building mm-hmm. instead of just kind of like the out of town guy uh, travel people. But yeah, I'm 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 over. I'm over Vince, man. I'm 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 done. I'm done with WWE. Hell, I mean, I don't know. I I like AEW. Like that. That's my wrestling of choice. Um, if they were to have an outdoor event in April in in Philly, I would probably pass on that too. I, I'm I'm at the point, Griff, where you know what? I like watching from my home. Yeah. Like if if it's in an arena, like I we went to uh, me and uh, the animal Mike Batista went to uh, the December pay per view last year in um at the the rock at prudential center and it was great full gear? uh yeah uh full gear and uh it was a fun time but even like prices now are just so it's it's crazy man like I, it's and i don't know it's if it's because of you know the inflation and all that or just you know just rising costs um coming out of the pandemic in general but I'm, I'm Griff. You, you mentioned before we're almost thirty. I, yeah. I feel like I'm like forty-eight instead of twenty-eight. Like I just don't want to. I don't want to do a lot with uh, going out and everything. I'm comfortable at home, man. And uh, I, you know what? I think this is also the time, Griff. I'm going to give you some breaking news right now. Mm. Um, this is a YWC football talk exclusive. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm gonna be a dad. Holy and, shit! Uh, yeah, you ready? For, yeah. Oh How my! How crazy God. is that? Congratulations! This is the the first of its kind. I have dealt with was before. I have dealt with many guests on this show with recordings. <laughs> I'm running late, bedtime, but I have never, ever, ever had an announcement like that before on my pod. Holy shit! You've Griff, I'm, I'm this is why you have, to have, you have to have me on more often, man. Like, I just <laughs> drop, I just drop these these bombs on you. Make YWC football talk history. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, April April twenty fifth is the due date. Um, it's gonna be a boy. So uh, yeah, legal fan coming into the world. A hundred percent, and then you know I can already see me. Uh, we're fighting over the kid for if it's going to be a Mets fan, a Yankees fan. I could see that debate, but I think I'm I'm good with the Eagles. Uh, so, but it, it would kind of suck. It would kind of suck too if like he wouldn't be able to see the the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. <clears throat> it's going to be like that. That would be kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, how's that for an exclusive? That is cool. You, like you literally left this off. Like I literally have. I like. Like I was gonna call it something else, but I have to like I think I now have to go back into the podcast realm. I was gonna be like I'm still gonna call it like like Eagles are fl- like the Eagles are flying, but I have to put like you know back in the day like with wrestling reaction videos where it was like like this returns live reaction like highlights like analysis <laughs> to where it's just like the clickbaity titles. Like I gotta do that uh-huh. because I don't know how many people within the realm mm. know of this, but like nobody. Oh my. We didn't we didn't go public yet with it. I think it's going to be coming. Uh, well, it's it's Saturday, so probably sometime next week 
um, the week leading up to the Super Bowl, I think we're going to um, start telling uh, more of our like outside friends, like our fa- our closest friends and uh, and our family know, but we haven't put it on like socials or anything like that. Um, so I figured I, I was kind of just skirting around the issue, Griff. Uh, yeah, uh, WrestleMania next year in Philly. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to have my hands full yes. uh, in, in other situations. So <laughs> slightly uh, that, that that's really the, the main, the main issue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. And then as for me, like I would love to go, but at the same time too, I want to do stuff. Like I like, we both, like, I have a wedding to plan. I have a house I want to buy. So look, we're at the age yeah. now where money is, you can have fun <laughs> with money, but at the same time, you have to be responsible and you have to be right. logical with it. Like it just can't be, Hey, I want to do this or this. Like this year, I like with LA Mania, I would have gone if it was the one that happened two years ago. But when mm-hmm. COVID hit, that was just like putting a stop on it. Plus, too, I've been to four of them. But with with shows, and I'll say this with me in wrestling right now, because I know you and I haven't spoken in a while. Mm-hmm. I'll always go when they come to Toronto just because with TV. Like they're coming here for right. a house show next month, but I don't really care about that. But when WWE or AEW always roll into town with the TV trucks, I'll I'll go. That's the thing I'll say. And maybe even like maybe like buffalo or something like that but like i wanted to do elimination chamber in two weeks in montreal but when i looked at the ticket mm-hmm. prices i was just like mm, yeah i can yeah swallow the i mean not going wwe seems to be hot right now so yeah. it's, a, it's a hot ticket um it's the time of year as I well still, yeah i i still have no interest uh and you know <clears throat> just to compound on what you were saying about you know saving money and everything like that yeah. uh griff it could be worse you could uh be planning for a wedding and a baby in the same year mm. uh we have the kid coming in april and then we have our wedding in november um it, it's a lot man i'm i'm exhausted just thinking about it so uh yeah a lot, a lot of stuff happening but i'm always here for you griff you know whenever you need me on the ywc football talk i'm, I'm here i'm ready to go um, I might have some blackout dates uh, from like May to August, uh, but uh, other than that, man, yeah, this is this has been great. For everybody who wants to see Zombie Bobby Gross, comment down below. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, man, I, I always wish you and your—I don't know your girl's name, but um, Allie. You and Allie, nothing but the best. Congratulations! You, I got—I got to—I got to end on this note, folks. We got. <laughs> A bunch of podcasts coming next week to get you ready for all angles of the Super Bowl. This has been the Eagles angle. Thank Griff, you I have one question everyone. for you. Yes. One question before we go. Yes. Are, uh, those scumbags, Danny and uh, and Rick, are you having them on the pod for the Super Bowl? Uh, not the Super Bowl, but okay. I don't know how often you've been listening, but Big Rat and I, Big Rat's been on, a sh- Rick has come on a lot this year rick's mm-hmm. rick's like yeah, my oh, yeah, mvp of coming on danny though i'll be honest with you ever since the jet season went to shit he does not want to talk he just doesn't want to oh. talk but but before free agency this is a this is my breaking news my breaking news not as big as bobby's all right all right let's go danny big rat slash rick myself and greg tom said of cover one we are a patriots fan a bills fan a dolphins fan and a jets fan We're all going to come on for a State of the Union AFC East podcast that will be dropping sometime before the middle of March. The four of us are going to record. I don't know how it's going to go. There's probably going to be chaos because it's been a while since we've had Big Rat and Danny on the same podcast. Plus, you add that little Bill Spice into it. It's going to be something else. Well, I'm just asking because, number one, 
I don't know if Danny made any time for you because he's a degenerate gambler. And uh, believe me, we talk his, about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and then Big Rat. I mean, I just figured he'd he'd be on because he's got to talk uh, to someone instead of screaming into the void about these obscure um, analytics that nobody really gives a shit about. Unless you're Randy um, Oscar. <laughs> yeah. We're, hey, Randy's the man. Randy's the man. Um, there's, there's no, there's no Randy slander on this pod. Absolutely uh, not. But uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure. You know, here, here's my goal, and we'll close on this. Okay. Um, and this might change just because there's a lot of stuff going on in the next few months. But my goal is to either have as many or more episodes. Uh, of my own on the YWC football talk for next season, then that scumbag uh, Big Rat three ten. <laughs> uh, and and I listen. I don't. He he keeps you know this Griff. He he keeps poking the bear. You know I'm mm-hmm. tired. I I don't I don't engage in that. Like he's still going on about the Tannehill stuff and full stuff. I I don't engage with that anymore. I let him and Danny hash that out. Yeah. While while Danny texts me and says, "Look at this this dummy," um, that that's how I get it, my enjoyment. So I I need to get my revenge in some way. So that is my goal for for next season, Griffith. If if you would uh, like to have me on that often, uh, because I am I am rebelling against the tyrant that is big rat 310 you know what you there's a certain group of people that are always welcome to come on the podcast just like i like i reach out to people i just know with you this is why folks for those who don't know it's currently 12 o'clock on a saturday i rarely record on saturdays but i make exceptions for guys like bobby just because of work schedules and everything like that you know sometimes you you gotta pay the man sometimes you gotta pay the man but you know what when we're both free it's a weekend that's why we're recording so you know what we're gonna find we'll find a time we'll find a date because why Look, I love talking during the season, but off-season banter and bullshit is the best. I know the seven months after next Sunday, it's going to be that depressing, no football for seven months. But just talking about the season, throwing out takes, being like, oh, I think this can happen, or oh, this guy sucks. No, this guy sucks, but then someone else thinks that guy is good. All that talk is what makes for a great podcast and why my next goal is to – I'm at two – this is 211, 2.11. My goal is to get to 250 episodes by the start of 2023 kickoff. That is Thursday, September 7th. And I'll Hell say yeah. it because I have a wedding I have to go to on September 9th. So I'll be driving home hungover from that wedding on the kickoff Sunday. So Patriots, if you're out there, schedule makers, don't put us at 1 o'clock on the Sunday. <laughs> put us on either Monday night or at 4 o'clock to make me feel better. But there you go. that's the note we're going to end on. You are always welcome to come on, Bobby. Congratulations to you and Allie once again, folks. We're ending on Thank this you. note of three simple words, and that is fly, Eagles, fly. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.